This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Biden goes full tyrant. General Milley allegedly committed treason. Matt Galifoto's coming out resemble the Hunger Games. And the situation in Afghanistan gets much worse. All today on The Conservative Connection. The Conservative Connection. Come on, man. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. It has been far, far too long, and no amount of apology could ever make up for the time that I've missed with you guys. I've missed doing this, I've missed doing my podcast. So, we have a bit of an update. We have um, some good news and some bad news. So I'm going to give you guys the bad news first. The bad news is over the course of time that uh, we've spent doing this and working on it, we had so many technical difficulties with crashed laptops. We ended up replacing, I believe, three different laptops before we finally got one. And we tried recording one episode a couple weeks ago with Rob. But unfortunately, that episode got lost due to a huge technical difficulty. Luckily, we have all of that fixed. We have a brand new computer. It works phenomenally great. But in this amount of time, um, Rob, I know everybody who, who knows Rob knows this as well, has an extremely busy schedule. He's working separate businesses, and he's also doing separate jobs. And I also got very busy. My job went from needing workers to do 40 hours a week to doing 60 hours a week and doing 12-hour workdays from Monday to Friday. So my schedule went crazy. And unfortunately, between me and Rob, we just could not make both of our schedules work. So unfortunately, with sad regret, I have to tell you that Rob has decided to leave. I wish him the best. I wish him well. He's going to be running his card company. I want to give his card company a shout out to in, in a later episode when we can and he, I hope he does phenomenally well. Uh, I'm going to miss recording with him, discussing Marvel movies with him and, you know, getting into all that with him and talking politics. He, he really is a great guy. And uh, he's the reason I'm on this podcast now. And he started the group over at CLC for uh, Young Americans for Freedom. He's still very involved in the conservative movement. And I wish him well. And I hope he's doing very well. We're going to miss you, buddy. But Anyway, so some of the new things that are coming in now that we got the bad news out of the way. The good news is that uh, we, we're going to be doing mini-sodes, and we're also going to be doing Sunday episodes. So uh, my church pastor has recently granted me the permission to actually put out some of the morning sermons that he's done as episodes. And I want to do that on, on Sunday mornings when I can, when we can, because um, me and Jackson both have been, you know, grown closer to God during this time. And we've both been moving forward and trying to get as much possible wisdom out of the Bible as we can to have it direct our lives. We're both Christians, as everybody know, everybody who runs this show is pretty much a Christian. And we are very excited to have sermons out there that people can listen to, that that they can be comforted by, and that they can go to God's word. Because right now, I think everybody can see that 
this nation desperately needs God and we need to go back to God. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people have forgotten him. If you were to ask the average Christian on the street what the Ten Commandments were, they probably wouldn't be able to tell you. But we are going to be issuing one sermon per week over the Ten Commandments. So we're going to be doing that. We're very excited for that. We're also going to be doing mini-sodes. And these mini-sodes are going to be called Everything is Racist, where we go into the giant this giant Pandora's box that the left has created and everything that they have called racist. We're going to go through it one by one. Um, it, it is crazy to actually look back and see how many things they've actually called racist between the cat in the hat, Dr. Seuss, sheet music, milk, SpongeBob SquarePants, black holes, everything. I think we're going to be covering black holes first. And I have a plethora of guests that want to come on my podcast, which is great. I have a free mic now. I'm going to be seeing if I can get another audio interface where we can actually have a four mics, which would be amazing. So I'm saving up for that. But man, have I missed you guys. I've missed doing this so well, so much. And we also actually have an Instagram. So we have an Instagram that you guys can follow. And I know a lot of you guys have actually been following us while we've been out. So our Instagram now is conservative.connection underscore pod. I'll say that again. Conservative.connection underscore pod. And I know a lot of you guys have been reaching out and you've been connecting and you've been following and you've been liking us. Unfortunately, because of all the busy activity I've been doing trying to get everything together, I haven't had the time to add to it as much as I want to, that's going to change in the future. I'm going to keep on putting things out there. I'm going to do my best because uh, right now I'm, I'm, there's just a lot going on in my life on top of be having a busy work schedule and everything. I've also gone through some personal family crises that I won't bore you with on this, on this podcast. But if anything, I want you guys to know that if you guys are going through something personal, if you're going through an issue, you're probably not alone. A lot of people are facing a lot of different things going over the years. And we're also facing now mass layoffs. A lot of us are going to have to make a lot of hard decisions coming up. But I just wanted to thank you guys for all the support that you've given all, all of us here and just how much you've been supporting us. So we also have people reaching out to collab with us. So we have the Jackson Danforth show reached out to us and said they wanted to collab. And he seems like a cool guy, and I want to give them a shout-out. Also, I wanted to give out a shout-out to my friend, and her name is Brenna Sterling, and she runs a show that, unfortunately, I mispronounced, and the show is called Called and Unqualified. I accidentally mispronounced it, um, but it is called Called and Unqualified. And the reason I think you guys should listen to her is because she's actually trying to have a career which would put her in the Middle East. So she actually has a lot of knowledge on that subject, and it's just really cool to talk to her and to catch up. So now let's get to the news. So something we've been really behind on, speaking of the Middle East, is Afghanistan. Now with the Afghanistan scenario, this was just such a debacle. I, I can't even get into how terrible this military decision was. But the one thing that I cannot get over is Bagram Air Force. And I know that some people have already mentioned Bagram Air Force and 
what the debacle was there. But the huge screw-up with Bagram Air Force was Bagram Air Force was this fortified area, had a bunch of military personnel. It was one of the biggest fortified areas that we had in, in the Middle East. And they decided to evacuate all the military personnel, get out all of the air support before, before evacuating the area. And nobody can explain to me why. There has never been a scenario within a military conflict that we've ever had in which we have abandoned air, air support and had it be a good thing for the people on the ground. That has never happened in the history of all military groups. But on top of that, the fact that we had thousands of ISIS prisoners that went free, that were being held at Bagram Air Force Base, according to businessinsider.com. So we have the insider. Pentagon spokesperson John, spokesman John Kirby said at a press conference on Friday that thousands of ISIS prisoners were released in Afghanistan after the government fell to the Taliban two weeks ago. Of course, this is a little bit dated, but this is the article they wrote. I don't know the number exactly. Clearly, it's in the thousands when you consider both prisons, because both of them were taken over by the Taliban and emptied. But I couldn't give you a precise figure. He said in response to the reporter who asked how many prisoners were left at Bagram Air Force Base. So why you would abandon and, and leave thousands of ISIS prisoners in the middle of Bagram Air Base makes Zero sense to me. Maybe uh, if you guys have some leftist friends, you can ask them what exactly the strategy is there. But honestly, looking at how bad the, this whole situation is, you could have had the first like 15 people in the phone book like handle this situation. And it would have been handled better than how it was handled here. I just have no idea how you can possibly call this any kind of victory. And then, of course, we, we lost people. And this, this hit me personally because I know people who were actually in Afghanistan and Kabul when this happened. Uh, luckily, they were evacuated. They're here safe and sound in the United States. They were missionaries from my church. So it was really, really hard to listen to people go over this. And, of course, you get the simplistic argument of, oh, we should have evacuated. We've been there too long. Yes, you can withdraw without withdrawing all military presence and all all soldiers within Bagram. You don't have to shut down Bagram. Donald Trump, when he was trying to evacuate the area, never thought about shutting down Bagram Air Base. In fact, if you have air support, you can have a very small contingent in the area and not have to worry about controlling it as much. If you have a drone presence and you have Bagram Air Base and you have the ability to strike, you don't need that many soldiers on the ground. So I have no idea where they were going with that. But I know we've been distracted from the Middle East just a tiny bit considering what's going on in our own country. So I wanted to share something because right now there is such a huge medical divide within this country over the issue of vaccine mandates and mandating the vaccines. So much so that when you take into the account of boosters and everything else that we've been seeing, two top FDA officials quit because, because they had ethical objections and said that the politicians rolling out 
these mandates. We're not following the science. So with everything going on, it's, it's very, very hard to say that we should mandate something when the medical community themselves can't even agree. So we had Dr. Marion Gruber and Dr. Philip Krauss, because they believed it was unethical to have people receive boosters eight months after they received their first vaccines, they quit. And these authors said that the proposal, this proposal about boosters, was driven solely by politics. The quote they have in this Lancet piece, if I can pull it up, Careful and public scrutiny of the evolving data will be needed to assure that decisions about boosting are informed by reliable science more than by politics. Widespread boosting should be undertaken only if there is clear evidence that it is appropriate. They clearly believed that this entire anti-science charade was something that they did not want to participate in. So they quit. But now all across the country, we have this giant, this giant debate going on about vaccine mandates. And uh, I call these people COVID commies, or basically uh, Marxist communists. The, the idea that you can shout uh, my body, my choice is the whole abortion debate is going on, but also say that, you know, you, you can't have you can't have people have bodily autonomy, that we need to forcibly vaccinate them. It's just absolutely insane to me. So who's who's saying things like this? Well, we had Jimmy Kimmel. And of course, he proposed from his show that people who are unvaccinated should not be able to have any ICU beds at all, that they should not receive medical treatment and that the ICU beds should be given to the vaccinated because ICU beds are filling up all over the country, and this is becoming a huge problem. And I sat back, I remember watching this, and I sat back and I said, wait a second. So he's saying ICU beds are filling up across the country, and they should be given to the vaccinated over the unvaccinated. And I, I just think to myself, why are the ICU beds filled with dying people who have already been vaccinated? Can anybody can can anybody answer that question for me? Why is it that if this vaccine is so effective, that your ICU beds would be filled with people who were vaccinated and who got vaccinated because they wanted to keep themselves out of ICU beds? It seems like a, a very ineffective vaccine, if that's the case. But on top of that. You have people like Joe Rogan who come out and Joe Rogan says, hey, I took ivermectin. I took different uh, pills that were created by Merck and I decided to take them. They were just prescribed to me by my doctor. CNN decides to slander him and call, call what he's taking horse medication, which again, ivermectin was created for humans before it was given to livestock. It's, it's like saying that, you know, taking an ibuprofen or, or taking Advil or something that you might give to an animal if, if they're in pain or if they have an issue, that that's taking, like if you took an ibuprofen that you would be taking like dog medication. No, no, that's, that's not what it is. But what was so ironic to me was that immediately after Joe Rogan announces this, 
all these people erupt. They go crazy. They go absolutely nuts. And they start saying, you can't take pills to cure COVID. That, that's insane. You can't do You need a shot. Anything, anybody who comes out with pills for COVID is obviously insane. And it's obviously quack medication and it's not going to work. And then the day after, literally the day after this Joe Rogan situation, Pfizer comes out and says, we have daily Pfizer pills that we're going to give the public. We're going to give the public. And you can look this up for yourself. Pfizer pills uh, twice daily that you would take for the public to treat COVID. And everybody who was criticizing Joe Rogan for taking ivermectin suddenly praises Pfizer, all oh, this revolutionary pill. But they were just saying eight hours ago or 12 hours ago that you couldn't do that because pills don't cure COVID. It makes me wonder exactly what uh, what the ingredients would be for the Pfizer pill. Maybe it would be a little bit of ivermectin, a little bit of sugar and water. And that would be the, the Pfizer pill, and they'll just call it Pfizer-mectin. <laughs> but so much craziness, even to the point where now Nicki Minaj, of all people, Nicki Minaj on Twitter is saying that uh, she had a cousin who was going to get married in Trinidad and that one of the family members had an adverse reaction that ended up calling off the wedding. Now, we can't verify this, obviously. This is just her word. But she just said, I don't want to uh, get vaccinated. I think it should be people's own decision. And Twitter decides to suspend her from their accounts. So you've got Nicki Minaj, of all people, decides that, you know, she, she's a little bit of frightened um, considering this adverse reaction. And she encourages people to do their their own research in accepting it or not, but she doesn't believe it should be mandated. And now she fits the definitions laid out by the Biden administration as a terrorist. <laughs> because I don't know if you know this, but recently our government has issued that uh, new definitions that if you promote vaccine hesitancy, you, you can be considered a terrorist. So now Nicki Minaj is considered a terrorist. I, I, I mean... It's just crazy to me. Even Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders of all people, not a big fan of Bernie Sanders' policies, but he goes out on Twitter and says the business model of the pharmaceutical industry is fraud. Their greed is literally killing Americans. They have spent billions buying politicians and several of the executives became billionaires during the pandemic. Their days of calling the shots in D.C. must come to an end, unquote, Bernie Sanders. 6.29 p.m. September 15, 2021. And now even Bill Maher, Bill Maher of all people says, I, I'm not going to be taking a booster because we get into the debate of exactly what does fully vaccinated mean even? Does fully vaccinated mean you got your one shot or your two shots? What happens if they add shots? But now Moderna and Pfizer are saying that in order for you to be considered fully vaccinated, you have to get a booster. And you may have to get a booster every three to five months. Let me just tell you something. If you have to get a booster every three to five months, like eight months after you just received a vaccine, and you have to keep getting those boosters in order for the vaccine to remain effective, your vaccine is not effective. I'm sorry. And again, people have issues with the boosters like Bill Maher. Because these boosters were developed faster than the vaccine was. <laughs> and Pfizer doesn't exactly have the cleanest history either. Because in 2009, Pfizer was sued 
for medical fraud because they, they were promoting drugs and they were actually asking people to asking doctors and medical workers to promote these specific drugs. And for every single time they were able to promote it, they would get a kickback. And this was 2009. It was a very interesting, interesting legal case. Please look it up. And it's one of the most, the biggest payouts I think I've ever seen of any medical organization when it came to a medical fraud lawsuit. So people have reasons do not want this vaccine. In fact, I was reading in an ABC report uh, recently that I, it was as much as 35% in August, in the middle of August, of the black community said that there was no way that they would ever receive the shot. And actually, black Americans are one of the biggest demographics who do not want the COVID-19 vaccine. And, yet, and what's funny, too, is that the more we keep talking about this, the more Democrats seem to exempt people from the mandates. You know, this is from Newsweek. Members of Congress and their staff are exempt from Biden's vaccine mandate. And that was published September 10th, 2021. And then you also have the fact that illegal aliens are not allowed. Um, you're not allowed to press or force any illegal aliens that are coming into the country to get a vaccine. But if you look at the COVID numbers from Mexico... <laughs> They they outdo the United States easily in cases and deaths. But let's go to Jen Psaki, this clip of Jen Psaki really quick, um, where somebody asks her whether or not illegal aliens can get, are going to be under this mandate. So let's go to clip one. You're trying to require anybody with a job or anybody who goes to school to get the COVID-19 vaccine, but you are not requiring that of migrants that continue walking across the southern border into the country. Well, look, our objective is to get as many people vaccinated across the country as humanly possible. And so the president's announcement yesterday was an effort to empower businesses, to give businesses the tools to protect their workforces. That's exactly what we did. But certainly we want everybody to get vaccinated and more people are vaccinated, whether they are migrants or whether they are workers, protects more people in the United States. But it's a requirement for people at a business with more than 100 people, and it's not a requirement for migrants at the southern border. Why? That's correct. Go ahead. Yeah, su such a non-answer. And of, of course, if you're going to promote something, it'll sell itself. You don't need to promote something uh, to the point where it's like, take this or we're going to strip you of all your rights. That, that's, that's not how this works. And now you, you just shake your head looking at how, how crazy these people sound. You know, I, I guess the way it works is the Taliban get Apache helicopters and the unvaccinated get fired. <laughs> that, is, that is the clown world that we've entered at this point. So it, it really is insane. But you look at some of the VAERS numbers and you understand exactly why people would be upset. You have 6,000 people who've died as a result from taking these vaccines. And uh, that number's actually gone up since that time. You've got 20,000 more who've been hospitalized due to the vaccine. You've got nearly 2,000 
that have come down with Bell's palsy. You got facial muscles, 44,000 who have checked themselves into urgent care. And uh, not even mentioning the 5,900 life-threatening reactions that people have had directly from receiving this shot, including 2,200 people who have suffered heart attacks as a result from getting the vaccine and the injection, alongside 652 miscarriages as a result of the vaccine, plus like some 4,500 people who are now disabled as a result. And although they're forcing this mandate what they're not doing is they're covering they're not covering liability so this is becoming a huge problem with everything going on and it it really is just amazing that your company can can actually force you to mandate something but then not cover the the liability and we're seeing this with companies like united airlines and others in fact uh, the college of lake county and in Grays Lake now is now issuing a report saying that everybody has to be vaccinated or they're not going to be allowed on campus. And if you guys want to go out there, uh, September 26th, they're holding a board meeting. You can voice your issues. There's already a big group going. People have asked me if I've been going and uh, I'm going to see if I can prepare something if I'm free. But I wanted to show this other clip, and this, this this was another clip of a girl, and I know some people will say this is anecdotal, but I, I think it's important because I can go over various statistics like I've done all day, but I want you guys to actually see somebody, and her name is Maddie DeGary, and Maddie DeGary and her mother were uh, big fans of the vaccine. They decided to get it, on, and again, if you've gotten a shot, I wish you well. I, I, I don't wish anything negatively towards you at all. I hope you're doing very well. But this was Maddie DeGary and Maddie DeGary and her mother in a hearing. And I want you to just hear what happened to uh, her daughter as a result of, of, of getting this shot because she was uh, 12, 12 years old, healthy, healthy girl. And uh, this is what happened to her. So we have clip two, go. So first, thank you. Um, Senator Johnson for the opportunity to share Maddie's story and to all of you for your willingness to listen. This isn't easy for me and it's, this has been very clearly emotional. So I'm gonna read what I've written so I don't lose track. My name is Stephanie and this is my daughter, Maddie, and we live in Ohio. On January 20th, Maddie received her second dose of the Pfizer COVID vaccine as a participant in the clinical trial for 12 to 15 year olds. All three of our kids volunteered and were excited to participate in the trial as a way to help us all return to normal life. My husband works in the medical field and I have a degree in electrical engineering. We are pro-vaccine and pro-science, which is why we agreed to let Maddie and her two older brothers volunteer for the trial. Before Maddie got her final dose of the vaccine, she was a healthy 12-year-old who got straight A's um, and had lots of friends. She had a life. She was energetic. She was not like this. Although she does still have lots of friends. Upon receiving the second shot, Maddie immediately felt pain at the injection site. And over the next 24 hours, she developed severe abdominal and chest pain. And the way she described the chest pain, and I quote, it feels like my heart is being ripped out through my neck. 
She had painful electrical shocks down her neck and spine that forced her to walk hunched over. She had extreme pain in her fingers and toes, and they actually made them turn white, and they were cold whenever you touched them. She had edema. Um, so my husband immediately took her to the ER as instructed by the vaccine trial nurse administrator, which is what we were instructed to do. Her blood was taken for a renal profile and tested. She was checked for appendicitis, which she did not have, and given an IV with some medicine and sent home. However, in the discharge papers from the Children's Hospital ER that she went to, the diagnosis stated adverse effect of vaccine initial encounter. This would be the only time that that was written in her medical charts, but it's in there. Over the next two and a half months, her abdominal muscle and nerve pain became unbearable. She developed additional symptoms that included gastroparesis, nausea and vomiting, erratic blood pressure and heart rate, memory loss, she mixes up words, brain fog, headaches, dizziness, fainting, she fell and hit her head, and then um, seizures. She had verbal, she developed verbal and motor tics. She had loss of feeling from the waist down and muscle weakness. Drastic changes in her vision, urinary retention and loss of bladder control, severely irregular and heavy menstrual cycles, and eventually she had to have an NG tube put in to get nutrition. All of these symptoms are still here today. Some days are worse than others. Our greatest challenge came when her doctors began to consider an alternative diagnosis. Well, she really didn't have one before, so it was the first one. So, like everybody else, she had Lots of tests, but not nearly as many tests as everybody else when she's a child. Why didn't they do this? all those tests on her? <laughs> Sorry. So, because they couldn't figure it out, one physician labored, labeled her as having functional neurologic disorder, <laughs> saying it was due to anxiety. This concerned us and we didn't agree with it because she doesn't have the anxiety. Look at her. I mean, what 13-year-old can sit here calmly, okay, if they have anxiety or mental issues? At one point, they even tried to admit her to a mental hospital. So we did seek additional medical opinions, some of which came from this group. In June, we connected her neurologist with another doctor that's doing research on adverse reactions like Maddie's. She was finally provided, but they finally gave her an MRI, did an MRI of her brain, an MRV, and a bunch of additional blood tests. It took five months to get that done. Over the past five months, Maddie has been to the ER nine times and has been hospitalized three times for a total of two months in the hospital. What I want to ask, Maddie volunteered for the Pfizer trial. Why? Why aren't they researching her to figure out why this happened? So other people don't have to go through this. Instead, they're just saying it's mental. If anybody's mental, it's me. So today our journey is parents to help our daughter Maddie continues. All we want is for Maddie to be seen, heard, and believed because she has not been.
down. And we want her to get the care that she desperately needs so that she can go back to normal. Why is she not back to normal? She was totally fine before this. She did the right thing trying to help everybody else, and they're not helping her. Thanks. So just absolutely heartbreaking. I can't imagine being a parent in this kind of a scenario. But now, parents all over the country are now facing an issue of if my kid doesn't get vaccinated, they might not be able to go to college. They might not be able to go to school. And not everybody is the same. Not everybody is going to have an adverse reaction. Um, Not everybody is going to react to this well. And some people may have a family history that prevents them from getting it. You might have uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome. You might have a history of stroke, a history of myocarditis. Uh, my, my grandfather died of a stroke. And I, I'm sure I think I've mentioned previously that my sister, when she was an infant, received the MMR vaccine, had a febrile seizure and almost died. But what is going to happen for these people who have these adverse reactions? It seems like the government says, okay, if you don't take the shot, you're going to lose your job. You're not going to be able to go to college. Uh, now they're talking about shutting down interstate travel, Body, bodily autonomy is completely going and, and you're having to show your papers wherever you go. And th- this is not a scenario where people want to be in. And regardless of whether or not you're vaccinated, I know people who are vaccinated. I know some people who listen who are vaccinated. It should be your choice. It's really none of my business whether or not anybody else is vaccinated. But the idea that you completely shun everybody or this, this clown world idea that we have to protect the vaccinated from the unvaccinated. The only thing that should be there to protect the vaccinated from COVID is the vaccine. And if the vaccine doesn't protect them from COVID, why does it matter whether or not you got one? I just don't understand this this logic. So a lot of people are facing really rough conditions. I do want to give a shout out to Liberty Council. Liberty Council is a legal organization that you guys can follow and get in touch with. Right now, there's rumors that they they may be taking on United Airlines. And I I want you guys to have legal representation if you are in a college. Maybe you're in in the middle of a semester and you're being threatened or you're being ostracized. I want you guys to be able to have that legal representation. So look up Liberty Council. They're doing some amazing work. That's really going to be your best bet when it comes to whether or not you were wrongly terminated, whether or not Anything happened to you where you were put on unpaid leave, maybe, or maybe you were just banished from a campus because um, we've got these COVID commies that just won't leave people alone. And I really feel for you guys. I know a lot of people who are texting me and they're calling me and I'm calling other people and uh, families are about to lose their livelihood. But maybe if it's gotten to the point where you need three jabs or you're not going to be able to feed your kids, maybe it's time to stand up for freedom. Maybe it's time to actually say no. It is insane how crazy this world is becoming. And I think it's one of the reasons that we need to go back to God and we need to go back to fundamentals. And we really need to ask ourselves the question of whether or not we're going to stand up if they try to lock us down again. Uh, One of the biggest questions that I have is if, if these masks work. Why are they not working? You know, if if these vaccines work, why are these vaccines not working? I want to play another clip here. So this is the next clip of ABC. 
I believe this is clip three. And this is uh, an ABC reporter going over something. And I want you to catch this. This is how they test for Delta variant. And I want you to see if there's anything fishy within this particular clip that you catch and you just think to yourself, uh, that doesn't sound right. So clip three, go. Knowing if someone contracted the Delta variant isn't easy. KVU's Darren Shaharan spoke with local health officials and an infectious disease expert to find out why. Darren Quita, the short answer is public health officials say that type of testing is limited because it's expensive. So right now the state handles it and only accepts samples from hospitalized patients or patients who died. A Texas infectious disease specialist says not every COVID test is checked for variants. All of these tests are sort of samples. And so, for example, let's say you're averaging 700 positives a day in Austin. They're probably only sending off seven to 10 of those to a lab that does a sequencing and then that data is sent to the CDC. Austin Public Health says because variant sequencing technology is so costly, a state lab does it and it only accepts samples if the patient was hospitalized or died. And those tests take time to verify. Okay, let's see if you caught it. So the way that they do this is they take maybe 10% of the samples and they only take samples from people who have been hospitalized or who have died from COVID. No guarantee that they're going to get every single sample. Now, the thing with the Delta variant is nobody can individually diagnose it, which makes me wonder why, how such a deadly disease, if it's so much deadlier than the predecessor, why you can't individually diagnose it. Because apparently it's so hard to find that it takes an entire team of forensic analysts to go in and try to figure out exactly whether or not it's Delta but where's the control group? If you're only taking from people who have died and you're only taking from people who have been hospitalized, well then 100% of the people that you've tested in your Delta sample have been hospitalized or died, but you, there's nobody who can be considered immune. It, <laughs> it, it really is just, I'm running out of words here because I, I, can, I'm just, I don't wanna keep repeating crazy and insane. It's anti-science, basically. The only way that they can come up with any studies for this is to show people who have been killed or who have been hospitalized, but you have no way of figuring out what the actual immunity rate is. So that's another thing. We got to talk about this, uh, this Met Gala as well. This thing was insane. So we had AOC, and she decided to wear this dress. It was very clever, actually. I, I know a lot of people are going to diss her on this but she decided to put her letters on a dress and it does look like chick-fil-a i've heard everybody say this looks like chick-fil-a writing and it does but it says tax the rich on her caboose basically and what it's doing is essentially getting this message out there through the dress and we've seen other people do this we saw uh, one woman who did it um, for Trump and she was a singer and she had a giant MAGA dress on and she was invited to one of these galas. Uh, one of the burning questions on my mind, though, is why didn't uh, AOC use the cost of that dress and the cost of that $30,000 Met Gala ticket to, I don't know, like help her abuela? I mean, poor abuela is over there just like just dying probably. And AOC is like, you know, I could help you, but you know, I gotta, I gotta wear this dress that says tax are rich and I gotta pay for a $30,000 Met Gala ticket, you know? So, uh, good luck down there. 
And uh, oh, by the way, all the all the money that all those like red guys raised for you, we're just gonna throw that away because you don't need it. <laughs> so I, I I'm sorry. I just think that is hilarious. You know, poor Abuela. You know, she's just sitting there watching her, you know, granddaughter spend thirty thousand dollars to get into a Met Gala. But but that's that's the funny thing. It does look like the Hunger Games. Somebody told me like it looks like the Hunger Games where they go to those fancy balls while the nation is like burning <laughs> and everybody's like getting fired and losing their livelihoods. And meanwhile, you've got all these people who are, you know, talking about party dresses and oh my gosh, did you see the staff? Did you see the staff like all masked up? And meanwhile, everybody else not wearing masks, they're showing off their lipstick. They're, you know, hobnobbing with everybody else, just having a grand old time. Is it safe to say at this point that it's not about your health? Is it really, and I know people will say, oh, they're all vaccinated. Yeah, that's that's not that's not what the mandate says. The mandate says regardless of vaccination, which is, again, promotes vaccine hesitancy. Guys, if you want to eliminate vaccine hesitancy, just get rid of all laws that prevent any liability suits from happening. Allow people to sue vaccine manufacturers. You'll see vaccine hesitancy just go down the drain. Anyway, on a positive note, I wanted to give you guys just all these things that have been going on with everything, and I wanted to catch up. I've only got a limited amount of time today, but I wanted to catch up. And also, I wanted to read some reviews. So you guys have been sending me us five-star reviews, and we really appreciate it. So I wanted to read all the reviews with with Rob and people praising Rob for like such a great job he was doing. And I want to read those first. So we've got C and CF says corn and crow breaking it down for us. Thanks guys. Can't wait to hear more topics. You've got, um, model D thing and you can actually follow her on Instagram. And she said, uh, she's known Rob for three and a half years and she's known me for two years. And, and she says, let me tell you, both of these men are very intelligent and smart. And you can ask them anything and they have an answer for you. Their podcast is amazing. It hits everything that's going on in the world. And I love how they add their own flavor to make it even better. They're the most passionate people I have met across in my life. Very proud of them. And I would recommend their podcast to anyone who wants a good laugh, but to learn at the same time. Thanks, D. That was really sweet. Anyway, so if, if you guys want to submit that, there's a chance I could read them on the podcast. And anyway, I wanted to catch up. I wanted to get everything going. But please give us a five-star review if you can. And I will be back soon. And I will be bringing on guests. I already have slotted in my schedule here my friend Josh. You're, you guys are going to love Josh. We're going to really get into the whole abortion debate and everything going on in the country it's uh, an issue that I don't think we've covered on this podcast yet. We've mentioned it a few times, but we haven't done a full episode kind of ana- analyzing it. But that concludes our broadcast for today. What I did want to do is I wanted to leave you guys with a little bit of humor. I know some of you guys are a little bit down. So we decided to play as the outro for today AOC's performance from Capital Steps and modern major liberal so this will give you guys a little bit of a laugh so 
That concludes our broadcast day. Thank you guys for everything you do and all of your support. And as always, stay connected. And I am so excited because I am like the youngest person who's ever been elected to Congress, like ever. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? I am the very model of a modern major liberal. I think that corporation and bank profits should be minimal. With open U.S. borders, there'll be no illegal aliens. You'll only get a tax deduction if you're vegetarian. I'm very well acquainted with the reasons we have rich and poor. Our problems would be solved if we just all banned guns, I'm pretty sure. Progressives will soon find a way to raise the wage you're living on. If you're a millionaire, I will tax you into oblivion. If if you're a millionaire, she will tax you into oblivion. If you're a millionaire, she will tax you into oblivion. If you're a millionaire, she will tax you into oblivion. Our justice system must be changed. I want to write some drastic laws. Death penalties will be reserved for people who use plastic straws. In short, in dealing with the future and most things in general, I am the very model of a modern major liberal. In short, in dealing with the future and most things in general, she is the very model of a modern major liberal. About Congress, though you think that my agenda's strange, but we will all be dead in 12 years if we don't fix climate change. My Green New Deal is gonna pass, big oil will be smarting now as soon as we can figure out a cure for all those farting cows. I think the GOP and Trump are totally unbearable. Would being socialists like Venezuela be so terrible? You thought that Medicare for all was something not affordable, but that's before you met a Marxist this freaking adorable. That is before you met a Marxist this weekend adorable. That is before you met a Marxist this weekend adorable. That is before you met a Marxist this weekend adorable. adorable. I think it's time for old white men in government to hit the bricks. This Congress now likes vaping avocado toast and selfie sticks. In short, in dealing with the future and most things in general, I am the very model of a rising up millennial. In short, in dealing with the future and most things in general, she is the very model of a rising up millennials. The Conservative Connection. Come on, man. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.